Hello and welcome again to New York Talk. We have the task of talking about that Wickham game. Um, <laughs> we'll do what we can. Um, we're going to look back at the Wickham game, look ahead to MK Dons. We'll be joined by an MK Dons family and later on in the show to let us know what to expect more specifically from them. We'll look at the injury news, uh, which is not amazing, uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, we have Mick and Danny joining me today. Alan, thank you for joining us. Hello. Hello. Uh, how are we doing? Are we all chilled out from Tuesday now, Mick? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, mate, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I, I don't, honestly. I mean, yeah. I, I read something on social media from some Wickham supporter who said that Rotherham fans had already decided what were going to be happening in game and pre-prepared all the tweets and social media posts before the game. Um, well, we did know what we're going to happen before the game. We did. I mean, uh, well, I said that. Did we really? Did we really know that it was going to be that bad? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was just, yeah. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about the game, shall we? Yeah, it frustrates me. I mean, on the way back, I had to not listen to the radio. I had to listen to some music just to get myself <laughs> out of that zone of being angry. And I'll, I'll be honest, I got home and I still found myself frustrated about the whole thing. Danny, obviously we didn't speak on the night, uh, but I, I seem to recall getting a message from you saying you'd rather stick a pin in your eyes than watching that. Was that, was that still accurate? I mean, I've got them <laughs> next to me if I have to. Um <laughs> But oh, on the way home, I mean, my poor mother, she encountered me in such a mood after that game. And first thing she says to me, Do you want some Mackies? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it, it's like it's like Mick said, I saw the tweets about them saying, Oh, they've, they've pre prepared tweets and everything. No, we just know what your football club's like, lads. Like, it's how it's how we can play. I mean, I saw a few of their fans saying we were doing the same. We were just trying to get round your lot. You know, it, it's like I saw something that said the the, game, the ball was in play for 39 minutes in a 102-minute game. That's less than one half of football. It's oh, just frustrating. I mean, based, based on Wickham's uh, attempts to get back into the championship, if uh, if they do decide to sue EFL or Derby, I'm going to sue them for a loss of an hour of my life. <laughs> um, because cause they, they just, I mean... The, on, the, the, the thing is... The, that's how they play. I hate it. We hate it. But that's how they play. That's what. I, that's their decision to play like that. As a fan, just own it. If that's what it is, I, I don't understand how, why they're getting so. I, I'm sure we may have some Wiccan fans watching tonight. So, uh, hello. It, hello. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> understand the defensiveness about the way that they played because we all know the way that they played. Own it. If that's how you want to play, I don't like it, but that's fine. That's your decision as a club to play that way. Just yeah. accept it. Say, yeah, this is how we play and be positive about it. The way they've gone off about it, kick, 
were allowed to not like it. And the way they reacted to that is crazy. Just play it, just accept it and move on, guys. The thing they have to uh, understand as well is that it might be frustrating and other fans might hate it, but it works. You know, and yeah. that, I think that's even more frustrating that no one's really caught them out with it and they've just been able to build on it and build on it. And to almost get it to a point where they do it as a fine art, mm. you know, it, it's like, it, granted, it's football that's not as fast-paced and intense as it should be in the modern day, but if it works, why change it? You know, if it ain't wrapped, don't fix it. It's just that to everybody else, it's annoying when you're only watching 39 minutes of football, but you sat there for nearly two hours. Yeah. yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, this the, our podcast usually, if there are any Wickham fans uh, watching our, our podcast, live podcast, usually last about an hour. Subscribe. So um, I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, keep, everyone keep an eye on the counter. As soon as it's 39 minutes and, eight, and 18 seconds, it's like, right, we're done, off we go. <laughs> Give me three or four minutes, I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> Try and fake yeah. an injury, Mick, while you're away. Yeah, you sure you're not injured? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jesus. The, 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 the bit that... We'll, we'll move on to the actual game itself, but the bit that epitomises it the most... I can't remember the second... second I think it was first off when Smith um, fouled their player, fouled their player, and the referee waved the physio on, and he didn't come on. So he waved him on again, and he didn't come on. A referee stood there, like, going like this, as if to say... You're wasting your own time. I'm sat there thinking, this is what they want. You're letting them do what they want. They want. They, they don't want to come onto pitch to make sure he's all right. I've never seen a physio time waste before in my life. Yeah, we're mad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. It is anti-football, whether they like to call it that or not. It is anti-football. Um, not enjoyable. And it's even more frustrating as an opposition fan. You've got to understand that. It is frustrating. Uh, and they must get this week in, week out. So if it gets them promoted, good luck to them. Yeah. What, I'm, uh, what I'm now dreading is, uh, can you imagine if we meet them in playoff final? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nightmares about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I suppose we've got, we, we're getting our comeuppance for. Laughing at um, laughing at Oxford having it done to him in playoff final last year, or well, year before, sorry. So mm. you know, upset Carl big time, and we we all laughed about it at that point. So I suppose it's uh, it's karma, really, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, if they've upset Carl Robinson, I'm still a bigger fan of them than I am of Carl Robinson. So. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, yeah, 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 yeah. It's difficult, it's difficult to separate the game and the weekend, but let's try and separate it a little bit. Um, there were several changes. Uh, Matic came in for Ahikwe, Josh Vickers came in for Victor, and Shane Ferguson came in for Mikel Miller, which, which is probably the biggest surprise change, but we'll come on to that a little bit further on. Um, we really struggled to get into the game, Mick, and this is an obvious thing because there were only 39 minutes of it, but we just couldn't find a way, especially <laughs> that first half. And and the, I mentioned it to him when we were watching it, what happens with a team like that who's playing like that? When you do get a little bit of moment, it then becomes precious. You've got to make that moment count. Mm. And it puts that extra bit of pressure. In the first half, we didn't deal with that. We we didn't there were no composure when we did have those moments. No, there wasn't, particularly at the back, I felt. Uh we we did start to play it long, which played into their hands um pretty quickly in the game. Uh, that seems to me to have been probably a plan from 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 the management team that that's how we were going to play. 
Um, but it just didn't work. It didn't work. Um, and, and again, like I said, it, it played into their hands because it allowed them then to, to control the pace of the game because we weren't having possession of the ball um, or we weren't maintaining possession of the ball. And for me, probably in my head, in my uneducated, non-football managering head, the, the way to combat a team like that is, is to keep possession of the ball and that way you can dictate the pace of the game. Um, and we didn't do it. We didn't do it, to be fair, other than a, a, a short period in that second half. We didn't do it at all for the 36 and 39 minutes of football that we saw. Mm. Yeah. But from a positive in the first half, Danny, and overall in the game is we didn't really look like scoring. They, they had that free kick, which Vickers made a good save against. Other than that, they didn't threaten, and that's a positive because they can score goals, to be fair to them. Yeah, I think Paul Warren summed it up perfectly when he said we just cancelled each other out. Like we didn't create much, but we didn't allow them to create much, and vice versa. Um, I think the one moment of the game that <clears throat> really highlighted the strength we've got again is Vickers making that save from their free kick. I think that that out of the whole game was probably the moment where if we can were to win one nil and <laughs> and just somehow scratch it over at line, that was the moment. And I think when Vickers saved that, they never really threatened again. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think the uh, the change of Ferguson for Miller caught a couple off guards. But in hindsight, now that we've seen Miller is nursing an injury, maybe we can understand it a little bit more. Um, Vickers in for Victor, precaution. And then... Um, it was the other one. Matic came in and then went straight back off again. Bless him. <laughs> um, but no, I think we played. We played some good football at times, especially in the second half. We, mm. we 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 showed flashes of what we were capable of and what we showed against Portsmouth. But again, I think it was the the Wickham system that just stopped any sort of tempo forming, apart from just like ten minutes in the second half. But even then, they just managed to scramble the ball away, and then the referee. Not to accuse him of bias, but he seemed a, li a little bit more inclined to give them a free kick when they hit the floor or when their shirt was pulled instead of the other way around. Um, and one of those moments might have cost us scoring because he gave a foul against Woody on their keeper, but it was their keeper, but their player who fouled the keeper. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it just, just cancelled each other out really. Yeah, I, mean, I get the feeling that maybe some of the songs that we were singing to the referee maybe didn't put us in his good books. Maybe. Uh, well, but, yeah. fancy a laugh, go watch the vlog because I've <laughs> caught it perfectly towards the end. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was quite funny. Um, yeah, I'll just talk about the referee for five minutes because you know what it's like. He clearly wants to set up attention, so let's give him his two minutes of fame, Mick. Um, <laughs> he, he did just want to be set up attention. The, the, the summary up, we've got the message here from Jamie. Uh, I was he was sat on the front row near where Matic went down, just near where we sat. Matic asked the physio, uh, asked for the physio, and the ref kept saying, Move off the pitch, even the Wickham players were high fiving, and that's exactly how it was. Even the other players, it, it's just madness that <laughs> and never rest at game. He weren't bothered about Wickham players, were he? He just let no. them sit there, and that one yeah, is like, yeah. Move, move, and just like it's. I'm getting angry again, Mick. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 when, I, when I saw it with Bobby Madley, I, I kind of thought, well, hopefully he's an experienced referee. He's refereed at the highest level in this country. You know, hopefully he won't take uh, any of these Wickham tactics. Uh, you know, won't take it lying down and he'll deal with it. Um, but what he actually did was he encouraged it. 
it, it, it just encouraged, encouraged it. Um, and I, so I can't say how disappointed I am in, in his performance. Um, I, I felt, I just thought, I feel, I feel really let down by him, to be honest. Um, because he, because of that reason, he's an experienced referee, and yet he allowed a, a, a top level or a high level professional game of football of 102 minutes to last 39, and he facilitated that by his. I'm not going to say incompetence because it's not incompetence. He's not an incompetent referee. You know, he has proved that over the years. He is not an incompetent referee. I don't know what it is. I don't know why he decided to behave the way he behaved on, on Tuesday night, but it was appalling. It was I shocking. Thought it, I thought it was a little bit of arrogance. Like, he thought he was above this level. Because, I mean, he's an ex-Premier League referee and he has been up to some questionable things in his life that somehow found him down in League One. Um, but you could almost see the arrogance about how he mm. carried himself and how he officiated certain things. Uh, and... and, he, and you know what referees are like, they're taking chip from the crowd all the time. But as we were giving it to him, he was almost laughing at it, as, as, yeah. as if it was suddenly all about him and he was relishing in it. And maybe that's Premier League arrogance, I'm not sure. But I think if we had the capability to report referees for inadequ inadequate showing of professionalism, then fill the form in for Robbie Madley. Yeah. Frustrating, so frustrating. Um, we, we said we said this before the game. I think we might have said it on the last show. You, when, when you play Wickham, you need a referee who's strong, mm. who's capable of standing up. And it just didn't. Wickham probably couldn't believe their luck after the first five minutes where you see the referee. They couldn't believe the luck because it really did play into their hands. Um, yeah, so frustrating. But make that there was a 10 minute spell in the second half. I know it stopped by a Wickham injury, obviously. Yeah, um, obviously. But there was, a, was, there was a 10 was everything. There was a 10-minute spell in that second half where everything started to click. Wilds started getting them fantastic positions. Barley's had got on the ball a bit more. It it was starting to click. Yeah, it was. It was. And like you say, I mean, <laughs> this is this is going to be a really tedious listen for everybody, in it? Because because that, that that 10 minutes is all that we've got to talk about. And you've just summed it up in in a in a few in a few words there. Uh, and that was stopped again. You know, I, I went for a pee in the second half. Wickham injury stopped that and all. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, <laughs> every, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, this, this is really poor listening. It's really unprofessional in terms of a football related podcast that we've got nothing, nothing of any sort of value to say about the way that game was, was played and, 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 and the, the, uh, yeah, we, we, we started to take control of it in that second half, much like we did against Portsmouth. Uh, you know, we started to get a bit of momentum and I'm sure we would have gone on. Um, had that incident where, as Danny's just alluded to there, the referee gave a foul on the keeper by the defender. Um, had the ball gone in then and that been allowed, then it would have been a different game altogether. Yeah. Um, but they got away with it then, uh, thanks to the referee. And then, and then it just it just petered out again. It petered out to what it had been for the previous fifty minutes. You know, it, you just can't get a foothold in the game, which I, I get. I understand, like you said earlier on, Matt. You know, I understand why they do it. Well, no, I don't understand why they do it. I mean, the the only reason I can think of 
that that they do this is because they are not good enough and not got enough ability to do anything else in order to win a game. That can be the only explanation. Um, I can't think of another one. Yeah. Um, Russ Bailey, a team lying in second, uh, second place, comes and adopts style and tactics like that, says it all. The show was respect <laughs> at the earliest opportunity to time waste they took. How they are second is beyond him. I uh, couldn't yeah. watch that sort of team every week and wished I was talking about referees, diabolical performance after a win, as people who weren't there think it's a moan about official because we didn't win. But those who were there know, yes, Russ, it was beyond shambolic. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll come on. We'll, we'll fleet <laughs> in and out of, of moans. Um, but Joe Matic, Danny. Joe Matic. <laughs> I really want that man. I, I love him. I, do, I really enjoy watching him play because he does care. He's been here for how many years now, and he is a very solid player. But I don't know what's happened to him the past couple of years. He just cannot stay fit for more than, well, in this occasion, 20 minutes. And the thing is, it's not a reoccurring. It doesn't sound like a reoccurrence. It's a different ankle injury, which yeah. is almost worse. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it looked like the issue before I was that because he was getting on a little bit, the training was too intense for him. So they've put him on a a training schedule similar to Woody's to keep him conditioned, but also match fit. But it's just really unfortunate that he's just come back from an injury that was caused from it being too intense. And now he's done a different injury. Cause I think he's twisted his knee or, or his ankle or something. It's supposed to be his ankle thing. Yeah. yeah so, it, and it's not even his, his Achilles. So it's like, all right, fine. The Achilles is fine, but it's just that it, 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 not, not to point fingers or anything, not to point names and stick fingers or anything. But it might be a heavy challenge from Wickham's point of view, where they've gone in hard on him and then he's twisted his ankle because we, we've got walking wounded by the sounds of it and it's all come from hard challenges. I think the only one that isn't an hard challenge is Ben Wiles, where he's just a bit under weather. It's like Woody's potentially out because... Well, he took a knock. Yeah, he did take a knock, yeah. But Woody's out potentially because he's got a massive mark on his leg and Warney said uh, in his pre-match for MK that he's watched it back and it's probably a penalty. He went in that hard on him. Smith got knocked about, Miller got knocked about. You know, it's like, but with Matic's injury, it's one of them where at least it's a quick recovery because a, a mm. twisted ankle, you just rest it and you're back within a few weeks. So that's one positive I can take from it. But like I said, I really want him just to have an extended running team, just have that window where he can show us what he really is capable of, what we know he's capable of. And until Angus is back match fit, he could be the best option on that left side. Then when we can play hard in higher up the pitch, because he's proved how well he can do it right wing back. But it's just really unfortunate with Matic. And as the player who's got the highest number of appearances in the current squad, I think it's about 186 or so. I want him to get to 200 so badly this season. You know, Miller's Mil play with 200 yeah. appearances in the squad. But please, for the love of God, just stay fit, man. <laughs> I, I think he caught his. Uh, I think he caught his ankle in the in the turf, didn't he? On that mm. way, it happened right in front of us, uh, mm. and he and he seemed to catch his ankle or catch his toe or whatever uh, in the turf, and that's that's what caused it. So, like you said there, Danny, I, I, hopefully it'll not be too too bad an injury, um, mm. and it'll be a quick recovery time. Yeah, you mentioned Michael Smith getting ragged about. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet from a Wickham fan saying that Smithy should have been sent off. 
Uh, Smithy got ragged around, somewhat rotten on Tuesday, um, and Wickham fans think he think he thought basically thought he was dirty. Just in several tweets thinking Michael's. If, if that's what they think, all right, Sam Vogue should have been sent off. Then. Yeah, yeah. It was that incident where which I made, which I made, another physio didn't come on that challenge. Apparently, mm. that were a shocking tackle. It wasn't even a foul. <laughs> Does he not watch proper football? Well, you know, well if, if you watch Wickham, it's, it's a non-contact sport, I think, if, if you watch Wickham. Uh, they've got American owner as well, aren't they? So I assume it comes mm. from, um, you know, must be a basketball fan or something. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so Maybe he's trying on. to... So if they've got an American owner, maybe he's trying to make it more, more like American football, you know, with a stop-start. So what he's mm. hoping for... As, as things progress, as we Wickham become become more established, they'll be able to get some adverts on during you know during uh, breaks in play. Throw in <laughs> when there's a throw in, we'll get an advert on screen. You know, leave it ten minutes. Have a, like a shampoo one. It could be the one if there's a head and shoulder. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 My hair feels beautiful and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. He wants to get his band on at half time for half time show. That's what it is. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, we could start. It. We could start half time, sort of ten minutes in, ten minutes before the end at first half. Mm. Uh, get the band, bring band on, and still play around it because ball won't be in play anyway, will it? So I'm not hurt anybody. <laughs> I've got, we've got a business plan here for Wickham. I think we, I think we should submit this to Wickham owners. <laughs> we might uh, we might get some free tickets for their uh, their games I mean, that we could use. I mean, to, uh, by, by by the time they actually get round to doing it, who knows when it'll be? That's a problem. After well, <laughs> a big break in between thinking about it and actually doing it, won't <laughs> we? <laughs> we must sound right petty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We know how we sound. Yeah, we know how we sound, and we're not sorry. Before we move on, what I will say is this. I completely understand how annoyed Darren McAntony was last season. Uh, not last season, <laughs> season before. Like, we, we gave him a lot of grief for being that annoyed with Wickham and how they've made it to playoff and they've missed it. And we gave him a lot of grief for it. But now I understand it, Darren. And I can understand why you're so happy that Peterborough are now above Wickham. It won't be, probably won't be for too long, man. But I can understand why he was so annoyed with it. And I you know, if you wouldn't have brought us into it, if you wouldn't have brought us into it, us into it, everybody would have been fine about it. People would have probably yeah. backed him up on, this, on what he was saying, but I'm not going to back you up if you have a go at us. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, bygones be right, bygones, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's difficult to pick a man at match, Mick, but for me, it was it was Ben Wilde. I thought Ben Wilde was superb. The way he, his forward runs are brilliant, and the way he can just take the ball past somebody, different ways it can be, it can be skillful. He can sort of knock it past him. He can play a dummy. He's just building and building into this player that we all, oh, we're all, we're always being told how good he is, and we are now seeing that. We are definitely, without a doubt, and it, and a, a lot of the times those runs he makes, we don't see because the ball don't get to him for or for whatever reason, and you don't tend to see it quite so much. But it was highlighted a little bit more the other night because you could see the runs, but Dan Barlazer wasn't able to get the ball through to him. Uh, because they, they certainly took Barlazer out of the game, um, so they obviously identified his his ability, and and he wasn't able to play those those passes that um, that, that he usually does does so. But yeah, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Ben Wiles, really good. Yeah, um, Shane Ferguson. Then this is not really positive. I thought I thought he did okay. 
but he looks sort of scared to put the ball in the box. I, I want to see him get his foot around that ball because he's got a stunning left foot. But every time he just sort of double second guessed himself and came back. And we needed that bit of pressure put in the box. I, I was quite disappointed just from that sense of his performance, really. Yeah, um, I, I agree, actually. I wanted him to see uh, see him knocking more balls into the box. As you, you never know. It could have either ended with Smith getting his head on it or a free kick to Wickham. I and mean, I think we know which mm. one it would have probably ended. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but maybe that's why he was a little bit scared to get in, you know, and I think mm. that might have been why the intensity dropped towards the end in like the last five minutes or so, just because our players just looked had the look on the face of, well, we're not getting anything, you know, yeah. and it's almost as if they um, not, not gave up per se, but completely lost any fire that they had because the 10 minutes were just taken away from them by silly decisions. Um, but yeah, but I think with Ferguson, I don't know, it, it, it could be that, or it could be the fact that there was no space to put the ball into the box. And because the experienced player that he is, he looks for the space rather than just knocking one in just for, for the heck of it. Um but yeah, but hopefully we see a little bit more from Fergie in the next game, and we probably will because MK mm. are a completely different side to Wickham. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, imagine playing Wickham every league. Imagine watching Wickham every league. Good oh league. God, don't stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Just stop. Don't, Danny. <laughs> yeah, I know you said about ten minutes, but I think when it got to ten minutes from time, I think it was almost a point of right. Let's not get his pants pulled, Danny. Let's just get out of here with what we've got. Because it's so it could so easily just gone other way if we properly if we kept going for it you would have left gaps open, um, and a, at the end of the day a point's not a bad result is it? It's not what we wanted, and it's exactly what Wickham wanted, but it's it's okay at the end of the day I suppose. Just on that Shane Ferguson part uh, point there, Matt, I, I don't know whether there was some sort of plan or some sort of discussion uh, from from our management team in terms of getting the ball in the box because I did notice certainly in the second half Chio. Mm. Virtually every time he, he went down that side, he cut inside, he came inside. Yeah, he, he, he never really went wide. I don't know whether they were a bit worried about that old Tim Bobhead who, who were in uh, central defence for massive them. one. Yeah. It, whenever he ended it, it could, no, nobody had any idea which way it were going to go. Um, mm. But, but yeah, I don't know whether they felt that he was going to be too strong um, for, for Smithy and... and, and Will Grigg in there? I don't know, don't know, but it just seemed there seemed to be a, a bit of a policy for not to not really put the ball in the box mm -hmm. uh, as a cross. I don't know, don't know. Yeah, um, the ones that we made three of made three subs. Uh, the ones sub that I questioned, Danny, the other two were fine, but Will Grigg for me was just starting to get into the game. It was just starting to find those spaces, and he had a shot just, just literally before he came off. He had a shot, and I know there's probably going to be a quite a large degree of managing him, but. He was the only one. Smith couldn't. Smith didn't get. Wasn't given any space. Grig was starting to find it. I would have liked to have seen Grig down for another ten minutes at least. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But it, it could be something to do with Saturday. It could be the old cliche of you know we'll save him for Saturday because he's effectively nailed on to score against MK because that was <laughs> the last club we actually got regular minutes for. Um, but yeah, I agree. It, it just it just seemed that. Griggs light was burning really brightly and then he's got taken off. I mean, I remember shouting to him, come on, Grig, score. <laughs> and and then he goes off and makes a sub. It's like, well, I look yeah. like an idiot, don't I? <laughs> um, 
but but I, I don't know. Maybe that could be a little bit tactical. Maybe they saw how brightly was shining. It's like keep that desire in him for Saturday mm. potentially. Um, but the one the one chance that I think Freddie missed, not 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 for any fault of his own, there was one chance where Rath where Rathbun just picks up the ball on the edge of the box, and I've watched this on the replay. And if he'd have just knocked it to Freddie, oh, there yeah. is a high chance he would have scored. Yeah, but we, we don't we don't know that, and it's some maybes. But you watch it back, and it's like, oh, if you'd have just just seen it, you never know. Mm. Um, but no, I, I I agree. I think Greg went off maybe 10, 15 minutes too early. Are, are you are you all right, Danny? Is everything all right, mate? <laughs> have, have, have you, you are you telling me you've actually watched this game back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had to put vlog, didn't he? <laughs> Like, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I, I am so sorry. <laughs> basically, 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 I was like, "What?" My mum said to me, "You're gonna have to watch this game back, so we have some good points for the podcast." And she was sat with a gun to me head. And <laughs> it back. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And right. Just a word on Freddie. Go on. Quick word on Freddie. I thought I thought he did really well when he came on. I mean, he, he didn't really get himself in into any any particularly good scoring positions. However, however. Everything that we've criticised him about in the past, a work rate, was all there. It was all there on on uh, Tuesday night, and it was just unfortunate. It, it was unfortunate that it came up against the Wickham side that weren't going to let anybody play, let alone let alone a striker. So, um, and, and just a big shout out for what he did afterwards with that, uh, with his giving his shirt to that. Uh, it's under 14s play for Rosen White under 14s. Uh, fantastic, fantastic that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if anybody's not seen it, we've I think we've tweeted at we've it's on our on our socials. Uh, this little this last has been racially abused. So the club and Freddie had organised this day for when he got she got his match shirt, um, which is superb to see. Great club. I love seeing things like this. Um so we're gonna take a break from Wickham because I need yes. to take a break from Wickham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we come back to that later. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna move on, we're gonna preview Saturday's Saturday afternoon. We're going to MK Don's. It's going to be a good day. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. And Liam Connolly from the MK1 podcast is joining us to tell us what to expect. Thanks for joining us, Liam. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. How are you? Not bad. Thank you very much. You? <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm afraid it's a bit dodgy apart from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're all like this. You know, because we're <laughs> the back end of the season, we saw it all started shouting. <laughs> yes, <all> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Saturday afternoon, second against fifth. Uh, no, sixth against fifth, fifth against sixth, whichever way you want to say. Um, what's the view from the MK from the MK Don side? It looks like it's it's built up to be a quite a good game, to be honest. Yeah, well, as, as I was saying to you, um, you know, it's it's the two teams with the the highest expected goals in the league, so mm. you'd like to think there'd be lots of chances, lots of goals. Um, of course, your Rotherham's away record in terms of goals conceded is very very good, um, but I think in in most cases, attackers typically beat defence and mm. I think um, our attack we've been one of the highest scorers in the league um, it's going to cause a lot of problems but yeah no, it's supposed to be a great game and um, I'm sure the travelling Robin fans and of course the MK Dons fans will be entertained for sure mm. Let's we like to talk about how the season's gone so far let's go back to one of the most interesting stories of the season pre-season uh, Russell Martin was there and then he wasn't again from the outside I've no affinity to MK Dons I didn't like the fact he'd left, you know, because he'd been there for 18 months, whatever it was, a year or two. And then a good, a decent opportunity comes up and off he goes. It felt like he's just a sort of abandoned ship. 
after it felt like it got quite a lot of support from the fans and the ownership. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, when we spoke to the man ourselves several times on the podcast, mm. um, he, and you know, he came across as a really genuine person who, you know, really wanted to elevate the club to the place where, quite frankly, it needs to be, and which is the, the top top two tiers of English football. But you know, things happen, and with with, with the likes of Swansea, you know, I think I, I grew to understood the decision, which mm. um, I'm not sure some fans still have, which is completely understandable. You know, it's it is a really difficult situation to be in, and the way he left was absolutely shameful um but you know with the way we recruited our manager and liam manning was a very similar way um admittedly it was a much lesser club in normal but it was still the same sort of mantra behind it in terms of leaving a club before the start of the season um but yeah listen it, it was a shame um it it felt like we were let down a lot and of course going to bournemouth for the first carrier cup game of the season and get absolutely battered um was exactly <laughs> great especially when, especially when russell martin who presumably agreed to leave before even telling the fans or the public knew um, was managing the team and you could just tell they'd given up on the situation they knew mm. during the game that he'd left um, and yeah it, it was very situation but fortunately we've uh, passed that period now and Liam Manning was playing pretty good football Talk about Liam Manning because I've never heard of him before uh, I don't know if I should have done What? What? Where, where's Where's he come from? Has he come through the club or elsewhere? Um, so he's probably most well known from being from the City Football Group. Um, okay. So he was well prized dates with West Ham and uh, Ipswich as a youth coach. But yeah, he started off at New York City working as a top academy director of coaching. Uh, he went to Lommel for a, a season just to be the first team manager. Took them from being almost extinct to I think second in the league in one season. Um, and of course, was preparing for his second season, the job which is when um, Liam Sweeting and Pete were going to approach him to become a good odds manager. After a few interviews, um, he became the manager. But yeah, it's it's a fairly similar play style to Russell Martin was in terms of keeping lots of the ball, uh, being patient with it. But at times, it's it's much more fluid and much more flexible than Russell Martin's style of football was. So if we do need to hoof it, we'll hoof it. Um, there's, there's no there's no like rigidness in terms of that. And um, mm. yeah, so, so far it's paid off and um, we're playing much better football. Yeah, and you've got to be happy with with preseason chaos to be sixth after where we are. Must must feel like a really good start. Yeah, and we've had one of the toughest schedules in the league as well. Um, it's typical, of course. It's classic MK Dons that we'll we go to a Shrewsbury and Doncaster, lose both, and then go play Wigan on Tuesday night when it's absolutely you know raining really heavily. And we'll be will be the best events in the league. So <laughs> it's just has to how it works, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a really good start, and um, you know if we, if we if you the trend in terms of play well against the good teams, um, it goes well for us on Saturday. Yeah, no, actually, I see we've already played Sunderland, Wigan, Wickham, uh, Portsmouth. That is a, a touch. You've played a lot of the good teams already, so that's sort of good. To, we, we've had an okay start. This run of playing Pompey, you, Sunderland and Wickham is our first real test, but you've already yeah. had those tests. So I suppose it's, you're looking forward to an easier period soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, you say that, but we can't beat those teams. So maybe the difficult period is to pay these, these worst teams who, you know, just sit back in their like low to medium blocks and don't really want to play against you properly. Whereas a team like Rotherham, I'm sure will. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about some players. Who who should we be watching out for? Like, so you, you say you scored a good amount of goals, high expected goals. Um, who should our fans be watching out for as the, as the big threats? Uh, yeah, the obvious one is Scott Twine. Um, eight goal contributions in 13 starts. Um, it's been, been the poster boy for this campaign, really. Uh, sits in that 10 roll and really dictates the whole game. Um, 
really key on the counter-attacking in terms of when we're yeah. back to the walls. He's, he's the guy in the middle who it sort of plays strings in the whole the whole team, really. So he'll always be a guy to watch out for. And I think if Paul Warren isn't setting up his team to focus on twine, he's uh, giving for a long afternoon, I think, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> Peter Chioso also, um, second, I think joint second high goal scorer with Troy Parrott. Um, right wing back. I'm not sure where he'll start, which is interesting because him and Watson, who's the other right wing back, have been rotating a fair bit this season. But yeah, he's been a real um, aerial threat in terms of the box, and he scored two pretty big goals, quite frankly, this season, the past couple of games. So yeah, he's always been a threat, and you know, getting him from Luton was a bit of a steal, quite frankly, on deadline day. And he's actually only the only Manning signing in the squad. Um, so yeah, he's he's proven to be quite a decent signing. And um, one from the Russell Martin era, uh, Russell Martin era is uh, Matt Riley. A bit deeper this season compared to last season, um, but him and and now David Kasuma have both been excellent, seeing that that pivot role, just keeping the structure of the team really solid. And uh, the past couple of games, admittedly, it's been a bit difficult for them because they've got against opposition who don't really want to play against them. Um, mm. But when they do have teams where they want to actually press them properly and play against them properly, they really show their quality and the distribution is absolutely incredible. What sort of style are we looking at? A team that can knock the ball out nicely, and also how formation do you set up? We said mentioned wing backs. What what formation does that fit into? Yeah, so typically it'd be the three four one two. Um, now that can change to a three four two one. It all depends on if Troy Barrett's on the pitch, because hmm. uh, initially Troy Barrett said I was a striker, but he can often drift into uh, a second number ten alongside Scott Twine. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of our players around width, you know. Unfortunately, if you Dan Harvey is missing on a Saturday through suspension because he picked up his fifth yellow card uh, against Wigan on already? Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah, well, he's a feisty, he's a feisty player, so he likes he likes a good yellow card. That's for sure. Yeah, well, um, so yes, yeah, looking like it'll be Zach Jules, a left wing back who isn't as attacking as Harvey, but you know he's been getting forward in a few games of the team this season and played okay. Um, but yeah, him, him and Kyoto, you know, or if, if it's Watson, and they're going to be pretty key in the wing back roles, just to give us that bit of width and try and break up the play and give O'Reilly and Kasubi that space to actually get the ball and do stuff with it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a three-four-two-one system that relies heavily on being very patient with the ball, they're comfortable with the ball, and um, yeah, look to basically be up to who makes the most mistakes in the game. I think we'll will mm. lose it, and the team that can capitalize on that, which I'm sure both teams can, with the you know as high as chance creation they have done and the goals they've scored so far this season uh, can do mm. I'm looking forward to it it should be a good game I mean to be fair after Tuesday night watching under nine's game was more entertaining so we, well, that's, that's, that's how we're all coming into it I think I think um, it lasted as long as under nine's game as well didn't it <laughs> 40 minutes 20 minutes each way <laughs> oh, mate. yeah sorry right. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Thank you very much, Liam. Do you want to give everybody a shout? Let you know, let them know where they can uh, find it. Once a more in-depth MK Don's preview, where can they get you? Yeah, yeah. So the MK One Podcast, spiritual, all, all socials, and on all your, your podcast platforms. So, yeah, give us a search MK One Podcast over there. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us, Liam. Good luck for the rest of the season, except Saturday, obviously. <laughs> yeah, same to you. Thank you. Thanks again. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Liam. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. So there we go. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Uh, and like I just mentioned then, I think it may be a little bit to do with how Tuesday went. Um, is it, isn't it? <sighs> we're, we're nearly at time. No, we're, we're nearly there. Like... Let's ready. Are you ready for it, oh. everybody? Everybody watching, listening, right? 
We have, now been on, we have now been on for longer than the four was in play on Tuesday night. 39 minutes, 80 seconds. We've bound past it. Well done, everybody, for listening for this long and everybody watching. We have now put as much effort in as some of the people did on Tuesday night. Well done. C- can I go again now, then? Is that, is that, <laughs> my, is that my cue to go again? If you're playing the Wickham part, you're going to have to leave now. Um, no, I'll see you later. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah. while we before we move on to our proper preview of MK Dons, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Um, if you haven't already, the Kurt Broadfoot interview is out on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to listen to it, it is out now. If you haven't listened to it already, it's definitely worth a listen. He's a great guy, he was really cool. Um, and what I found with some of our former players is you could just listen to him for hours. They got, he's got yeah. a quite a nice, soothing voice where you could listen to him. Um, <laughs> Unless you don't like Scottish accents, then you just won't like it. Um, but yeah, it's very good. Interesting times, six different managers, um, some interesting stories about the, the times. Um, you two, I assume, highly recommend it. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> definitely. definitely. Good. Um, and if you are listening or watching, you haven't subscribed to YouTube, please do, because we're on, stuck on 349 at the minute. And we're stuck on 349 subscribers for feels like about a year now. So if you haven't already, <laughs> go over now and do it. And then that's all I've got for that, really. Um, so is there any other topics or points you want to make in the weekend game? Or can we finally put it to bed? There's a couple of comments from earlier on in there uh, from oh. uh, uh, J-Boy talking about... Um, <laughs> I wonder which one you're going to click then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pick the right one, don't worry. Yeah, uh, would you stick with Viking? Uh, stick with Viking or Vickers on Saturday? It's a good question. To be that, fair, that's probably one's most difficult decision for the weekend. Mm. Um, it depends how he sees it, doesn't it, Danny? If he sees Victor as his number one and he is the number one, Victor comes back in. If yeah. it is best man up, uh, which at the moment is Vickers, Vickers has got to stay. So it sort of depends on how Warren has decided he's going to decide on the goalkeeping performance. If you look at history, he has always gone best man up, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could be a similar situation to what we had last season. I mean, I know Jamal Blackman wasn't everybody's cup of tea, um, but it was one of them things where Victor came in, did really well, but even though Blackman was meant to be our first-choice keeper because Victor did so well, he just kept going with him. So that could happen, but I think because of the quality of Vickers and of Victor, I'm not really fussed which way he goes because I know that <laughs> each bloke will do a solid job. And I think it, it, it's it's um, it's been a long time since we've had a choice of two decent keepers of equal calibre, if you like, to pick from as backup and first choice. And... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm honestly not really fussed whichever way he goes because I know that each bloke will do a job, which is what the only thing great to see. The only thing I thought on Tuesday, and it's only one game, and it is against Wickham. The Vickers wasn't amazing at coming for crosses. There was one or two occasions where he could have come out and done it, and I think Victor would have come out and claimed them. But mm. that's a very small sample size against a team like Wickham. Maybe you don't want to come out as much because if you're going to come out and you, if, if they are probably going to try and foul you you run the risk of not getting the foul and you put yourself in danger. That's just me sort of guessing. Um, Mick, which side of the fence are you following them? Uh, I'm, I'm with Danny. I don't care. I, 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 I don't because, you know, they're just as good as each other, I think. I, well, I think probably Victor 
probably just shades it in terms of his confidence and his 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 command of his area and command of his defence. I think Victor mm. probably just about shades it, but I, I don't really have a problem with uh, with Vickers. With I thought he had a really good game the other night. Really, really good game for a player who's making his full league debut season and a bit into his time with the club, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it looked like he'd been there for a season and a bit. Yeah, it is. Mm. Uh, Graham H67 is with us on YouTube. He would go for Victor. I would probably do that, Graham. If I'm, if I'm that, I would, I would probably go with Victor just because, just because of that commanding of your area. If they're all level on everything else, commanding area is crucial. I mean, maybe MK, if MK Dons aren't going to put, the, if they are a more football based team, they'll unlike to lump it as long and go, go as direct. But they are going to have corners and set pieces, so it's difficult. Um, Glenn McGarry asks, do we know when Lindsay will be back? Well, I know he's back training on grass, um, mm. which, based on my bad memory that would normally mean a, f- a couple of weeks away from the first team squad uh danny does that sound about right based on what you can remember yeah and I, I think lindsay will probably be back after the next international break in terms of pushing the match day squad but and seem seemed to have come back really quickly mm. it, it's <laughs> like I, I know i know Warren said that with lindsay if you give him a time frame of six to eight weeks recovery he'll make sure it's six weeks and mm. he's done exactly that, and now it's almost as if he's he's there already. You know, he's recovered, and he must have like some sort of Deadpool healing ability to be back that quickly. Um, so yeah, and it's it's good to see him back on the grass again. Um, but I think would we play after Shrewsbury? Uh, Cambridge, I think. Cambridge, Cambridge I, I, I think he might just make the match day squad for Cambridge. Mm. Yeah, that's probably a good show. Well, well, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the good thing that we're talking about the other night. This is a good time to come back from injury. The Man City game is coming too soon, but you've got the Bromley game again in the FA Cup, which we can use because it's the FA Cup. All right, we want to win, but you can use it. Uh, and then you've got the international break where there'll be a, a game or two behind closed doors, at least one behind closed doors. So it's a good time to come back. If you came back on the 15th of December, then there's no time. It's, you know, the balls to the wall games but now he has got the opportunity to sort of slowly bed people back in um yeah lindsay game says him again lindsay will have to impress to get back in that side yeah yes he will uh, he's um, not getting in is he he's not getting in at the moment well he, he isn't but as we know for saturday ben wiles has an illness so you put him in the doubtful column paul warren mentioned that ollie rathbone is tired or fatigued Ben won't like well, how is he tired he does know I know. Stands there all game. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I don't know how anybody's tired to play on Tuesday night because they didn't do all for, yeah. for an hour. So, anyway. Um, so, Rathbone may be, may not be. It will be available. It might not play. So, there is going to be space. Is it finally, Mick? Finally time for a Dauphin? Hey, if it is, it is. If it is, so be it. I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't think it will be, to be fair. Uh, I suspect... Well, he's probably early on the side of caution. Uh, depends what what, what, um, what Ben Wilder's illness has done. It you know if yeah. if it's COVID related or whatever, he might be he might be out for a bit. If it's just a you know just a stomach upset or whatever, then it should be available and should be all right. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I don't have a, if 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 Akeem Duffin has to come in, so be it. No big deal for me. 
Yeah, we, we possibly lose a bit of energy though, Danny. Him and Barlazer are of similar ilk. I think Adolfo is probably a bit more energetic. But there is always that issue when they played against together against Scunny. And I know we're only in Papa John's, but they did sort of step in each other's toes a little bit. So that's maybe a minor concern if Wiles and Rathbone can't play. Yeah, I think so. But I think I think with Rathbone, he, he just needs to have Friday off. And it's like, right, you just stay in bed and rest up, son. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, maybe it is, it is chance. It is Adolphin's chance to get into the team a little bit, depending on how we set up in midfield. I mean, if if Ben Wiles is out because of his illness, like Mick says, if it's COVID-related or if it's a stomach bug and he needs a little bit of recovery time, then I expect Sadly to come in mm. because it's one of those things where we've got a, we've got someone in it who can do a job in every position, which is great to see. And if Sadly comes in in the midfield, then you've got Sadly, Rathburn, Barlazer and the Dauphin. Now, <clears throat> like you say, the Dauphin and Barlazer did sort of get in each other's way against Scunny. But as um, they are both, they both have experience of playing in different midfield slots, if you like. <clears throat> I'm mm. sure if you had to play Barlazer and the Dauphin in the same midfield, Barlazer can still do the same job slightly more forward. If you want yeah. to put a Dauphin in, in, um, <clears throat> in more of the defensive position and vice versa. So, even though losing potentially Wiles and Rathburn and having Lindsay out is potentially a bit of a sticky patch, we have got the backup again. And then even if we don't play Sadlier out wide, we've got Boller, um, <clears throat> we've still got Chio, we've got Fergie. Um, so, so, yeah, even though it sounds a bit of a oops, squeaky moment, potentially it could show the amount of quality we've got in reserve to an even more extent than we've already seen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, on that left-hand side, Mick, with MK Dons being a better team, better footballing team than Wickham, um, but would you be? I, I obviously Bowler wasn't on the bench, but it was. It looked like he was training uh, with with the subs. Uh, I'd be tempted to bring Bowler in because I don't. I was disappointed with Ferguson's attacking sense. So if we're not going to have that, you might as well bring in somebody who is essentially a left back. To do that, to do that role, if you, if you can play hard at right wing back as well, it gives you such a, a strong defensive position. It does, it does. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd be tempted to play Chio on that right side, to be honest with you. And then the left, the left side is open. I think possibly Bowler might be a better option defensively than uh, than Mikel Miller. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Uh, I suspect if they, if if McDonald's um, as Liam said, you know, more of a football inside, they're going to be moving the ball at pace, then perhaps it's not a game for 90 minutes for, for Shane Ferguson. Um, somebody like Bowler may well be a better option um, just because, as you said, defensively is a little bit more, um, well, he's a bit more defensive-minded than Shane Ferguson into. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, will Grigg, you'd expect to get a goal against MK Dons, being formerly of that parish? Uh, we can only hope. Uh, you expect Danny, I know Freddie did okay when he came on, but you, for me, I fully expect Smith and Greg fitness dependent to start. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I watched um, Greg's interview earlier today and he says he is forming a really good partnership with Michael Smith, which, is, it, great, which is great to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we say in the last video, in the last podcast, sorry, about Greg potentially going back to Sunderland, but none of their fans want him there. No. And it's 
it's even better for us because even though <clears throat> on paper, to use your favourite phrase, Matt, we have got two 30-year-old strikers starting every week, but they don't play like the 30. No. You know, they, they play like they're at least five years younger than what their age is, and it seems they're both coming into... into um, What's the, what's the term? They're coming into a, like a like a really um, good patch of football, more mm. or less at the same time. Like Smith's gone off on one in terms of scoring. Griggs has uh, gone off on one since coming in and <clears throat> cemented himself into the side. So I think those two starting is a given. However, I would bring Freddie on for Smith on Saturday mm. because I think because Smith took such a battering. I mean, Smith's a big a, a big bloke. He, he knows how to take a battering off players, but. I want to see it shook up a little bit. I want to see Freddie and Grig because mm. it seemed to have worked against Donny for a bit when they were both on the True. pitch. Um, so, yeah, I, I, want, I want to see Freddie and Grig play. I want to see 9 and 10 play together just to see how they do because they might get in each other's way like Adolphin and Barlaser do sometimes. But I just want to see if they can sort of get on, if, if that makes sense, just get on. Yeah. and maybe, they, maybe because they play in a similar position, they know where to be to counter the other player's position and then potentially just poke a goal home because the last two goals we've scored against MK Dons away have been tappings from Ladipo. And if we've yeah. got two players like that, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, moving on to sort of moving on to any other business. Referee watch, I can't remember his name. I did look at him. He last, last time he refereed us was when we lost 1-0 to Rochdale in 2019. Um, so a standard League One referee, which is always a little bit of a concern, to be honest. Um, Can't be any worse than Tuesday. Sargenton? Chris Sargenton. Sargenton, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so he will be in position for Saturday afternoon, barring any changes that may come up uh, between now and then. Um, let's talk about other business. So we've got, I've got a message the other day from a Notts County podcast, Max Roberts from Notts County podcast, a little bit of transfer news, uh, from the summer. Um, here, there's a podcast called the magic circle podcast where they were, when they were in touch with one of the directors at Notts County. And apparently we may have made a bid in the summer for Ruben Rodriguez, uh, Notts County. I didn't, this is not this is not been reported anywhere else. I went back and looked at Paul Davis' article. And this has not been reported anywhere. I was really surprised. New York Talk having, exclusive. We have an exclusive. <laughs> um, so he's he's a he's a young. Ex, I don't know if he's young, but he's a very exciting player in non-league. He's got a lot of goals certainly this season. Um, and the talk was again on the podcast. If you want to go listen to it, like I said, what that's what it's called, Magic Circle Podcast. It's about it's at the very end of the episode. Um, they're the they're of the understanding that we've been watching him for the past four or five months, so there may well be something in that. But in January, again, I think this is going to depend on Grig. If Grig goes back, we are going to be in the market, and we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to get somebody in. Um, but I just thought I'd let's share that little bit of news I had with everybody. Interesting. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you to Max Roberts, who is probably definitely not listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a little bit of a uh, little bit of insight, I appreciate it very much. Um, pass that on to Mr. Paul Davis. Yeah, oh, well, he might be watching. Yeah, if you're, if you're watching, Paul, I expect to see it in the paper <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> in the next paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've certainly some uh, questions to ask at the press conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harvey uh, Kelwick, uh, this is the big news really of the week, isn't it? 
Uh, Angus McDonald back on grass. Uh, he says, can't wait to see Angus back fit again. I, it's, such, it's one of those pictures that you just you look, watch, look at him and think, I'm, I'm just makes me a little bit happier. Just what yeah. we needed. After the week we've all had watching Matt Shower on Tuesday, we just yeah. needed that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It definitely gives us a bit of a lift, doesn't it? That um, it'd be great to get him back, back into that to that match day squad, whether it be on bench or whether it be on pitch, uh, because uh, he's a class act. So mm. yeah, I, I'm really pleased to see that he's back training, and uh, and hopefully it'll not be that long, dependent on uh, on on his recovery time. Um, that, that he's back in contention. Warnis says eight to twelve weeks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this side of Christmas, but it seemed not not a very convincing. Maybe, um, but it doesn't matter. It? Whenever he comes back, he comes back, and mm. as Warnie said, he's probably got an argument to be the best defender at the club. Danny, he is that good defensively. Yeah, and he's, I think he's our only naturally left-footed centre back as well. Mm. So, so he's virtually nailed on which position he'll take on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I remember seeing the picture on <clears throat> on. Um, on Twitter about it, how he's back on the grass, and you can see how, how happy Angus is about it as well. He's just smiling. Yeah. Every, every picture <laughs> yeah. you see of him, he's just smiling. Yeah, which is which is great to see because it's one thing seeing him back on the grass, but to see him enjoying it is mm. is a completely different thing. And I, I have my suspicions about why he has been out, um, but it's not my, it's not my business to say because the club and Angus haven't said anything. It's obviously a private matter um, that has affected. Angus to to some extent, but to see him back on the grass and smiling, I think goes to show whatever he's had to overcome, he's come through it, mm. and I think that's why Paul Warren said, "Take your time. Whenever when you're ready, we're ready." Effectively, mm. and if it and if it is because of the thing I have my suspicions it is about, it's brilliant that he's back, and that he actually wants to get on and crack on and play his football. Um. So yeah. So whatever he's come through and whatever he is still currently working on, all the best to him. But take your time. Whenever you're ready, mate, we're ready. Yeah. We'd like you back, though. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Sooner rather than uh, later, but in your own time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you start playing in general, we'll just pretend you're a new signing. That'll be fine. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Um, as Graham says, Angus equals more competition. Yeah, it, you know, if he, when he gets back and Mattox fit and Nick is back, we're gonna have such. We have people on bench who walk into other every other League One team defensively. That's that's how good we are at the minute defensively. So or can be when everybody's fit. Um, John C thinks Warney will start with Freddie on Saturday. Let's wait and see with with the Greg connection. I think he'd be daft not to start Greg. Mm. Warney's talked about this in the past about players going back to former clubs and football is one of them mm. stupid little things where things don't really make any sense and these things just happen they do just happen in football um so let's get on board um lewis finish on liam mcgarry who asks about coyote he asks would you give coyote a loan out second half of the season guarantee some first team football as he mentions it's probably dependent on what happens with grig yeah, Mick, I really want to see Cody play, but he rightly can't get into the team to start. For me, for me, he should be third-choice striker. Fred, Freddie's done nothing better than Coyote this season, other than Freddie scoring a couple of goals in, in a pointless competition. Yeah, 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 possibly. Possibly, or at least alternate. I, I think, for me, I, I wouldn't be sending him back out on loan. I think we, we've discussed this a few times on the podcast that, that he's, he's got two players there in, in Michael Smith. It's three players 
Michael Smith and Will Grigg and Freddie of vastly experienced strikers um, to, to, to a greater or lesser um, level, if you like. Mm. Um, it, it's a fantastic learning environment for him. Um, so, so no, for me, I think he should stay. I think he should stay because also not only that, one injury uh, in, in those the, that front uh, those strikers puts him, puts him, you know, possibly with a start. Um, so, so no, I, I, I keep him. I wouldn't send him back out on loan at all this season. I'd uh, let him let him train with the uh, with the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm same camp, Danny. I assume you are. Yeah, I think so. I think <clears throat> to send him out on loan when this has his potential, this is his potentially, but this has his potential. Sorry, to <clears throat> be the season he could be a breakout at Rotherham United, and he said he wants to do that with us. Mm. Um, but I think as a player, you also need to learn to seize your opportunity, and I think with Coyote, that opportunity is coming. Like like Mick says, if either Smith or Greg, or if we lose Greg. Um, then that could be his chance to step up. Like he's come on and he's had minutes with us, um, and he's done well. But as a, as a senior player, you need to learn to take your moment. And it's just waiting for for Coyote. It's just it's going to present itself on a plate, and then that will be his chance to announce himself, if you like. Mm. But every time he goes towards goal, I can feel the North Stand just willing him to <laughs> score. Like, yeah. oh, it's it, it's there. He, he can he can do it. He just needs to do it. But I agree. Don't send him on loan. Keep him here. Keep him being a student of the game. Keep him progressing well in our system rather than trying to learn somebody else's system. And even if his breakout doesn't happen this season, will probably happen next season because he is the sort of player where. When the when the opportunity is there for him, he will take it because he's mm. desperate to take it. Mm. That's it. Yeah, he wants to be here. Um, and, as, and as Graham points out, we'd have to bring in another striker before you could even think of letting him go. And that's not an easy thing to do. So um, I think I've touched everything. So what I will get is all this out. So if you can, please do subscribe to us on iTunes if you're listening. If you're watching on, on YouTube or you're not watching on YouTube and watching elsewhere, please go over to YouTube and subscribe. We would really appreciate that as well. As I say, I'll well, keep mentioning this for the next couple of weeks. Go about, go and watch the Kurt Broadfoot interview if you haven't already. If you're if you're a fan of Rotherham United, you'll want to watch it. It's really, really good. As, as, as they all, every, every player we've spoke to has been great, to be fair. Uh, and we'll try and keep them coming, see if, see if we can get any more players in over the next month or two. Um, any more, very more, you two? Anything else I've missed you want to touch on? You have covered everything on my list. I think we've covered just about everything we could possibly cover and more about uh, about what's happened this week, really. <laughs> we, 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 could, we could have covered some more. <laughs> we'd, we'd sound like the most bitter men in the world. Um, yeah. Um, so, safe travels to anybody that's going to MK Don's. Uh, you'll have lots of space to sit in. Is there only one thing? Uh, you'll have a seat. Um, but I'm sure it'll be a good atmosphere, as it always is for an away day. Um, let's let's go bring those three points back. Thank you for watching, everybody, and thank you, Danny. Thank you, Mick, and we'll see you all on Sunday for the next episode. Thank you very much.